0: I'm looking for Ray Finkel and a clean pair of shorts. Little Ace Ventura. Okay. Well, it's time for How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the Osef Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, along with you as producer-engineer Sean Ryan shakes his head at me. Happy to be with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of the month of September, the year 2018. Across the way, as I stated already, uh, bemoaning my existence is Mr. Sean Ryan. Hi, Sean.
1: Hey, Jack. I, I like how you use the Ace Ventura
0: reference. Oh, thank you.
1: Thank I you. think I see we're moving away from Home Alone too. Well,
0: I was just—I was feeling it this morning. Okay. So, wait—that sounded wrong. Sure did. Yep. Moving on. Let's start over. Let's, <laughs> this is all not being edited out. Right. Uh, remember to get in touch with the show. Uh, Podcast at OSIPFoundation.org, facebook.com slash osupfoundation, twitter at Foundation, hashtag howyouplaythegame, Game. And of course the website is osipfoundation.org where you can submit your sportsmanship stories for us to discuss. Uh, we got a couple of things to get to here as we wind down the, the dog days and uh, get into the fall, um, which, of course, always makes me sad because I'm a spring guy, not a fall guy. The
1: dog days
0: are over Yeah,
1: as Florence and the machine... Famously saying, right. "Sing,
0: right?" Wonder, wonder how that machine, like, does Florence actually work the machine? Or? Oh, it's great. Yeah,
1: I mean, well, it's not well the machine per se. I'm assuming, or all the musicians, like, she has like 20, 25 people in the group, so she, all they, playing different. So like, she doesn't have to actually put
0: like money in it and no. then like turn a crank.
1: That would be pretty cool to that, see.
0: I, I think that would be like the obvious thing to do, but so well,
1: the machine could be her harp,
0: or that. So. I don't know.
1: It's a well-oiled machine. Yes. Her her ensemble is yes, really good. Have you ever listened to that? I have,
0: and oil is a is a good way to describe it. Slick, vinegar, salad dressing.
1: Okay, appetizing. Yes. Now I'm hungry.
0: Okay, man, we're just. I'm. I, you know what it is? I'm in vacation mode. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm just like screw no, it. Or, I, yeah.
1: I yeah. Anywho. I've been in vacation mode for the last 34 years of my life. I feel that.
0: I feel that. I feel. I still feel the same as I did my first day of my senior year of high school. Just like kooky.
1: You still have senioritis. I think I still have
0: senioritis. I think that's what it is. Okay. I've been out for half that amount of time now, or the amount, half of my life has been out of high school now. So that's scary. I know. Hmm. If I do the math, it's it's close. Whatever yeah. you know. All right, so why don't we do stuff now?
1: I suppose we should do
0: our job. Um, Hey, a couple of fun things real quick. I wanted to share this uh, briefly. Remember we were talking about um, longest a manager has gone without an ejection last time? Yeah. Thanks to that stat from Gil. Right. Well, we got a couple of additional statistics that I pulled from Close Call Sports. Mm -hmm. I thought you might find this interesting. All right. Uh, For players, these are the most games, or the players who have gone the most games without a single ejection. The winner, I don't have statistics here, unfortunately, but I have names. The winner, gone the longest without a single ejection in games total, Stan Musel, hmm. Willie Mays, Brooks Robinson, Robin Yount, Tony Perez, Derek Jeter. I knew he would make the All right, the list. now that's the top six. Now, here's the thing, too. Consider this. Mm-hmm. Derek Jeter played from essentially 1996
1: I thought it was 95
0: well he came up with he came up with a cup of coffee in 95 he was the starting shortstop in 96 that was his first full year okay okay so wherever you want to pl- drop the needle and his final year was 2014 mm-hmm. okay so essentially about 20 years at 162 games a year a season and he's sixth. On the list, wow. Okay, so do the math. Basically, Derek Jeter went twenty years without an ejection, and there are still five people ahead of him who went without Wait, an ejection. He's never had Derek Jeter was never ejected in his professional career. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, for, I he, didn't
1: realize. I didn't realize it was his whole career. His whole
0: career, he was never ejected. Okay, when he was playing professionally in the big leagues with the New York Yankees. Hmm. So if we round that off to flat 20 years, there are still five players ahead of him who were never ejected in more than 20 seasons, essentially.
1: Wow. So that's that's like 3,200 games, roughly. If,
0: it, if it's 162 a year times 20, I mean, and we're, we're not counting, you know, Days playoff off, games. playoff games. Um, actually, we could be counting playoff games, but we're not counting like DL stints and things like that. Okay. You know, preseason. But still like
1: 3,000 games to go without an ejection. Yeah, that's,
0: that's, a, that's a long time. And that's time.
1: sixth on the list. Yeah. That's really Isn't insane. that insane? Wow.
0: So I just wanted to share that. I thought that was incredibly Look interesting.
1: Look what we can aspire to, folks. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Look what we can aspire to. I think the real message there is, you could be like Derek Jeter and you're still not number one. You're still only sixth. So if you aspire to be Derek Jeter, you're still a failure.
1: <laughs> Very sports-like of you. That was the joke. <laughs> that was
0: the joke. Um, I wanted to also share this one real quick. Um, so uh, Jeff Bagwell, retired uh, Houston Astros first baseman, Hall of Famer mm-hmm. and whatnot, and, um, he also did, was never ejected in his career, but uh, he stopped by the broadcast booth sometime earlier this season in Houston when Joe West was working home plate. And uh, base, oh, right here it says, Bagwell, who was never ejected in his 2150-game Hall of Fame career, told an anecdote or two of his time playing in front of West and his propri- proprietary West vest, surmising in the end that, quote, Joe's a great umpire. If I had a big game, honestly, I'd want Joe behind the plate. I think he's very fair, consistent, and does a great job. And for reference, the Hardball Times named West the most consistent umpire in baseball in a 2007 study. Wow. So, you know, for, for all that people complain about with Joe West, because he's the the, the country star, mm-hmm. the cowboy... And, and people, he
1: hates long Yankees and Red Sox. No, there's that
0: too. You know, you know what, you know what I attribute that to as an umpire. If I'm out there for three hours, yeah. in a seven inning game calling balls and strikes, eventually I'm just like, oh my god, I'm tired. Just oh, just especially if it's hot out oh, and wearing all that gear. Yeah, just just no, no, thank you. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, I just I just hope that that brings a little bit of a different perspective when it comes to everyone who who bashes on Joe West. The dude does his job. And, you know, when a lot of people complain about umpires, they want just consistency, they want people to just do their job, the proof is in the pudding. Joe West does his job technically better than anyone. And yet we find a way to complain about him. You know, I just... I It always rubs me the wrong way when... People just look for something to complain about. And, and in, in baseball, it's umpires, mm-hmm. you know, speaking of, I wanted to share this real quick too. Um, so I was listening to um, Gil's uh, new podcast on close call sports called the plate meeting. Mm-hmm. And uh, we plugged it once before and uh, their first episode they had retired umpire Balkan Bob Davidson on. Well, in their second episode, they had retired umpire Dale Scott, who was the first openly gay official. This was a two-hour episode. That's how much fun they were having. I was laughing so hard during this episode. It was so great. Um, But they asked him about the electronic strike zone that keeps being proposed. And he said, here's why you don't want it. By the letter of the law, the strike zone wherever you put it from, you know, the letters to the knees to the corners blah 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 blah, okay? If a ball even so much as touches it, no matter where it touches it, it's a strike. So, if you have an electronic strike zone, a curveball that might just nick the front corner of the zone right at the knee, the front knee and then land in the dirt is a strike. And you're going to get people upset. How are you calling that a strike? Well, the machine said it's a strike. Yet, no umpire in the, in their right mind calls that a strike. Hmm. Okay, so you know, if, if you know, he said, "Be careful what you wish for," because if you go to an electronic strike zone, your people are still going to find plenty to complain about. You're, you're basically,
1: so it'll it'll favor the pitcher more, right? I think.
0: And you will you will go from complaining about one set of problems to complaining about another set of problems you you do not eliminate the issue which is really not so much of an issue as you would think right it's an issue because people make it an issue so i just wanted to point that out that uh there, be careful what you wish for when it comes to an electronic strike zone mm. okay and check out their podcast because it's really great okay so hear that Gil. you're getting free advertising on our podcast, great. You're welcome. Um, moving on. Do you remember the uh, the story I told you about uh, the independent league team where the uh, the guy was ejected and then he brought the trash can out and put it at home plate and yes. said to the umpire, "Go to your home, <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Well, the same team is back in the news, not for this player though. Okay. The, the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks, home of Bren, Brennan Metzger, who was suspended one game for his trash can ejection, has released player, uh, I might not be pronouncing this right, Curie, K-E-U-R-Y, De La Cruz. I, I know I got that part right, the last name. After he was charged with assault for alleged, allegedly fighting in a parking lot hallway following a contentious game at the ballpark. The nature of the alleged crime suggests the fight may not have been consensual and more of a Team A player jumps Team B player type of incident, with Sioux City's Jason Garcia listed as the victim. Uh, during a game against the Sioux City Explorers, benches cleared in the bottom of the fifth inning after pitcher Ian McKinney's first pitch offering to Fargo-Moorhead batter Cary De La Cruz was thrown up and in and behind the batter, which allowed a runner to score no less resulting in a bench-clearing incident and warnings from umpire Ron Teague, prompting this summation from the broadcast. Ron Teague has done a nice job in the series of playing the sheriff and judge. According to the game report, Sioux City had taken exception to De La Cruz's treatment of a home run during Monday's game by allegedly taking his bat to first base before discarding it. After taking a fourth ball inside for a walk in the fifth inning on Tuesday, De La Cruz jawed m- with more explorers, resulting in a second bench-clearing incident during which De La Cruz had to be restrained by teammates as fellow Red Hawk Charlie Valera, uh, Valerio appeared to try and fight a member of Sioux City. Neither player, of course, was ejected. Fargo-Moore had lost to Sioux City 19-5, including a 12-run inning, ninth inning for the visiting team. Following the game, a fight reportedly occurred in the hallway to the parking lot, uh, the next day, Dela Cruz had been criminally charged with assault and the Red Hawks released him, citing conduct detrimental to the team with manager Michael Schlatt saying curious conduct last night is not condoned by Red Hawks uh, and isn't what our team is about or how we represent the community. So basically uh, the dude from the team that had a guy who put the trash can out there saying, go to your home also had a dude on it who basically thinks that assaulting someone from the other team in the hallway in a, in a sucker punch type, you know, jumping incident is, you know, acceptable. Now, thankfully, they've at least taken the action to, to release him. But since, since he was clearly ass, uh, arrested and charged with assault, the question is, if he had not been arrested, would, uh, would they still have released him? And and I, I bring it up because it's it's it raises the bigger question of what is going on here and what you know what do uh, where do we put our value when it comes to sports and competition? Does it really take an arrest to to dole out the discipline that you can't be doing your job anymore? But 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 you know,
1: but but it shouldn't get to that point exactly to begin with
0: exactly. But you know, so poor sportsmanship where you get ejected and then you take a trash can and put it by the, by home plate and tell the umpire to go to his home is not enough to warrant anything more than a one-game suspension. I mean, this team clearly... That's right, he only you know, got
1: one game for that. You know
0: what it's like? I remember seeing this on Twitter this morning. So we, we just had the news that Urban Meyer has been suspended three games for his role in the whole Ohio State uh, case that you know where he knew some stuff and didn't uh-huh. handle problems, blah blah, blah, blah. So of course, as they always do, they list the crimes of other people who got longer suspensions for things that are nowhere near as serious and then put urban meyer suspension in you know four games for possession of marijuana you know three games for selling merchandise in exchange for tattoos you know all this you know stuff like that Mm. and then urban meyer three games for something that's really serious you know that that puts someone else's life in danger basically right you know so we just we, we just have our priorities out of whack
1: well, perspective seems to be lacking.
0: Yeah. As it always is in this in this realm. Yeah. You know? Anywho, now that I've shared those little tidbits, hmm. here's the first main story of the day. All right. I don't know if you saw this, but recently, um, in a game between the Atlanta Braves and the Miami Marlins of Miami, because that's funny.
1: Would uh, never have guessed.
0: No. <laughs> The uh, there was an incident. Ronald Acuna Jr., who is the young rising star for the Braves, probably has a pretty good shot to win Rookie of the Year. So he's on a tear right now. Okay, he he had homered in I don't know how many straight games, including leading off games. Like like just the dude is on fire. Okay, so the Marlins can't get him out. So, Jose Uriña, who is the starting pitcher for the Marlins this day, decides with the first pitch of the game to drill Acuna in the elbow. Basically, nobody on our team can get you out. I'm going to plunk you. Okay? It's not even retribution. It's not even you hit my guy, I'll hit your guy. It's just, hey, we're having trouble getting you out. So, I'm going to hit you to say, don't be good anymore. anyway there was a big bench clearing incident um it was a it was kind of a weird situation there weren't really any punches thrown or anything like that um brian snicker the manager of the braves was ejected and then after consultation acuna was or not acuna uh, urania was finally ejected it was it was a really really weird situation um in case you wanted the alliteration from Gil, it says here, Bad blood and battered batsmen begets bench-blanking brawl between branch bat, uh, battlers. <laughs> so anyway, the reason I bring a lot of this up, because he was, he w- he was suspended for six games. Urania was. Okay? And uh, he eventually dropped his appeal and started serving his six-game suspension.
1: How would you even appeal
0: that? Well, because you have the right to...
1: But how would you how would I mean okay, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you have the right to, but saying I wanna get I wanna hit this guy because we can't get him out by conventional means is not is not an excuse.
0: I wanna read you I
1: can't. I just can't.
0: This this article came out basically the next day after it happened. Right because people from all over baseball were offering their opinions on the matter. Okay. So I wanna basically read you the potpourri. Of opinions. All right. All right. So don't give me any comments. until hear I'm sorry. You hear all of them. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I'm, I'll try. You'll have, you have to apologize. I'll try it. to okay.
1: be calm.
0: Okay. <laughs> There's one opinion in general where I think you're going to lose it. And the rest of you might be like, mm, okay. You know, mm-hmm. I just made you sound like a Muppet a little bit. <laughs> okay. Swedish chef. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my Ernie. Okay. You like that. Thank you. I do. Uh, I like it. All right. Braves rookie sensation Ronald Acuna Jr. had hit eight homers in his last eight games, including five straight with a homer and three straight with a leadoff homer. But he didn't get a chance to extend that hot streak after Marlins pitcher Jose Urania hit him in the elbow with a 97.5 mile per hour fastball on his first pitch. In the aftermath of the hit by pitch, decried by many in the or decreed by many in the Braves clubhouse and around baseball as intentional. And the, and the subsequent, not the subsequent, the subsequent ejections of Urena and Braves manager Brian Snicker, players and media personalities alike around the country weighed in on the controversy. So the first is Paul Bird, former Major League pitcher who looks a lot like Kelsey Grammer, uh, who is uh, reporting for Fox Sports Southeast, which is the television home for the Braves. Quote, "'In case you missed the first pitch of the game, Urania hit Acuna in the arm. It was deliberate. Right at him. There were no apologies.' Brian Snicker came out and got tossed. It was really hard for me to stay in the well as players got out on the field. Brian Snicker got huge points with me. If you ever think Brian Snicker is not fighting for his players, you watch that video. He has been outstanding. The response from that dugout, people could not contain themselves and security guards had to hold back fans in the front row over in the corner who wanted to take the field and charge the Marlins. I've never seen a debacle so bad with a young man who is 20 years old and has the home run streak for consecutive games on the line to get that taken from him and trying to stay in the game, having to come out of the game in the second inning. It was brutal. It's not over. A couple of problems with that one, but we'll move on. Mm -hmm. Okay. This one's from Brian Snicker, the manager of the Braves. Quote, I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure I've ever been that i've never felt like that in a baseball game before that's just my emotion that kid didn't deserve that i thought they made ultimately the right decision because it was obvious that was intended to hit him there's no reason for a young man to be hit like that when he when all he's doing is just playing the game he's not doing anything to show anybody up he's just playing the game as i've said he's a young kid he's a young talented kid it's a shame that happened what happens if they hit him? Th- uh, hit. What happens if they hit him there and he breaks his elbow and he's done for the year? And what we're trying to accomplish here, where we're at, there's no reason for that. This is a game. My God, I had three hours to calm down and now I'm getting worked up again. Some good things in there too, mm-hmm. but you know, all right. Here we go. Get your blood boiling for this one. This is from Keith Hernandez. Known as Elaine's boyfriend, <laughs> the color commentator for SNY who, who do the Mets. Quote, they're killing you. You've lost three games. He's hit three home runs. You've got to hit him. I'm sorry. People aren't going to like that. You've got to hit him. Knock him down, at least. I mean, seriously, knock him down if you don't hit him. You never throw at anybody's head or neck. You hit him in the back. You hit him in the fanny. In today's game, they don't throw at hitters. I don't think the hitters know, so they don't. So uh, there's no. So they don't know how to get out of the way of the ball or know it's coming. And you hit three home runs. I'm sorry, you've got to go down. Your silence says it all. So we'll move on. This is from Chipper Jones, Braves legend and Hall of Famer. This was in response to Keith Hernandez's quotes. Uh, Jones expressed this via Twitter. Quote, so by this way of thinking, Jacob deGrom should get drilled because he's the hottest pitcher on the planet? No. I enjoy watching him pitch, and I enjoy watching Raj, who's basically the nickname for Acuna, play the game. I'm old school just like this broadcaster, but these comments are way off base. This is from Michael Kay of the Yes Network, who did the Yankees. Quote, he clearly did it on purpose. I mean, in basketball, if a guy scores 40, do you punch him in the face? That's just an awful part of baseball. Also from the Yes Network, here's John Flaherty. Quote, I have no problem throwing inside and sending a message. Quote, unquote. Hey, you're not going to be all over the plate. End quote, unquote. But clearly... Drilling somebody with the first pitch of the game and you're thrown out is letting down your teammates and everybody involved. This is from Jim Tomey, or as you might phonetically pronounce his last name, Thome, as he was on MLB Tonight. Quote, I think that moving forward, this sets the tone for your organization for the Atlanta Braves. How you move forward with this. Obviously, the kid got hit on purpose. He's swinging the bat well. This is a shame. This moving forward will set the tone, how your organization is looked at moving forward. This is from Harold Reynolds, also on MLB tonight. Quote, I still think he hit him on purpose. It was terrible. He should have gotten tossed. But if you watch the catcher, the catcher doesn't move. If he knows he's hitting the guy, he's going to hop up. They always do. They could have, uh, this could have been Urena taking this uh, on his own, saying, quote, I'm doing this myself, end quote. It may have been a pitch that he was trying to get in on him that ran, that ran on him. Either way, it looked so bad that he got, uh, that he's got to get tossed. He just does. Moving on. This is from Freddie Freeman, first baseman for the Braves, who was obviously involved in this whole thing. Quote, I know that wasn't the Marlins. That was just Jose Urenia. I don't understand it. It makes no sense. Just because a player is having fun playing a game, swinging the bat incredibly well, obviously it makes no sense to us. It's completely classless on Jose Urenia's part. Tyler Flowers, catcher for the Braves, said, quote, That's not a smart way to start the game. Division team, all those kinds of things, I don't think it was the right decision. He definitely wasn't deserving of that. I thought a first-pitch slider would have been a much better idea. But it is what it is. We did what we had to do, ended up winning the game. Gaussman, who was pitching that day, settled down, did a nice job. Ultimately, that's what we're shooting for. We're trying to get wins here, and we'll let all that stuff work out somewhere down the road. This is from Michael Young, a 14-year MLB veteran who you might remember from the Rangers and I think also had some time with the Phillies. Quote, The whole make them uncomfortable, move their feet, brush them back thing is complete BS. It doesn't work. When a kid starts playing kid pitch at 8 years old, he gets hit. When he gets to be, say, 12 years old, it hurts a bit more. When he gets to high school, pitchers throw inside because good hitters shouldn't extend their arms. So they get hit. College, same thing. In A-ball, as in Class A-ball, minor leagues, kids throw gas with zero command. So the same good hitter gets hit again. In the big leagues, with a runner on third and fewer than two outs, infield in, here comes that predictable sinker that runs in. Hitter gets hit. My point, you can't make a good hitter uncomfortable. He's been there, done that. He's laughing in his head because your heaters inside are simply teeing him up with a 2-0 count. Then he's going to torch you. You want to get him out? Stop listening to that pitching coach giving you that outdated, awful pitching 101. It's actually quick shower 101. Go in, out, up, down, change speeds, avoid patterns, and stop tipping. Clean it up. Last thing, stop bringing up Pedro Martinez, big uh, big unit Randy Johnson, Don Drysdale, Bob Gibson, etc. Those guys got people out because they're Hall of Famers. Pitching inside was an art to them. For every guy like that, there are tons of other guys who pitched inside with no command, got shelled and then got released. Aaron Boone, Yankees manager says, "Quote, it seemed pretty blatant to me. You know, I hate that. It just kind of uh, I'll I'll just kind of leave it at that. It had a bad look." This is from Rays manager Kevin Cash, "Quote, look, I don't know if it was intentional or not. I saw what I saw." You'd hate to see any player, young player, veteran player, that's having success and going about it the right way. You don't want to see anybody get hurt to the point they're taken out of the ballgame. And finally, Mauricio Dubon, who is the Brewers' number eight prospect, said on Twitter, you don't do that. So, where would you like to begin with all those comments?
1: Can we just get the Keith Hernandez one out of the way? Because
0: should we get uh, Kramer and Newman in here to say, I hate him. I despise Keith Hernandez.
1: I can't. I don't even. I mean, what kind of. All right. What kind of person do you really need to be? to say that that in is in any form acceptable behavior i i'm why why is there this unnecessary overthinking game within a game strategy just rooted in poor sportsmanship
0: mm-hmm.
1: why must you retaliate why must and this isn't even a retaliation right I think well, who's uh, Jim Tomey said we, they have to think about going forward. They have to think about the setting what the tone to be, and whatnot. What they're going to be going to do. Yeah. I, I, well, you know what? You win. Yep. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. You play even harder. You don't retaliate. There, that is the retaliation. You win.
0: You get the W because that's how you get the last laugh.
1: I mean, it's childish. It's. It's stupid. It's it's um, short-sighted and irresponsible to even say that that's acceptable.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, he could have said, in my day, as like he's doing as Tim McCarver, in <laughs> my view, no. in my day, many moons ago, that's what you would have done. And you could have left it at that and you now you have a reason to look at him and say okay yeah, all he just divorce the two errors. all he's all he's doing is saying back in my day in the 70s and 80s this is this is what would have happened right. and you could have left it at that and not offered another opinion yep. and now you now you have plenty of people who can say, you know they might go <clears throat> get crazy at him but he could say listen all i was doing was saying what would have happened back then i made no comment about the situation now right you know and we'll never know unless we have a mini
1: ask- history lesson, right. if you
0: will. Exactly. Well, n- unless we have the opportunity to ask Keith Hernandez, we'll never know if that's what his original intent was. Mm-hmm. But it kind of makes it pretty clear that his intent in those comments oh, was. Oh, he definitely to say, spoke
1: in present tense. Like, yeah. you hit
0: him. Exactly. You hit him. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's. <sighs> I Listen, you're not getting an argument out of me. He's an idol
1: to yeah. so many people. And for and for him to say something like that
0: it's irresponsible right it's irresponsible mm-hmm. you can I, I think Michael young probably said it best because he uh really encapsulated what makes a good pitcher especially someone who doesn't necessarily have Hall of Fame stuff he says you go you, you change locations you change speeds you stay away from patterns you don't tip your pitches that's how you get guys out You know, you you, you go up, down, in, out. You do your job. You know, different speeds, different (laughs) breaks, this, that, the other. You keep hitters off balance that way, you know. If you want to, and you know what, to to the point of someone like John Flaherty, I don't necessarily think that you need to send a message, okay, to someone like Acuna. There's no point to sending a message basically saying, we're not going to let you, you know, be good. Now if you wanted to say, listen, I'm going to throw a little inside to keep you off balance because that that pitch is going to set up my next pitch which is going to be outside. Right. See that I have no problem with that. There's a strategy behind exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. Or if you're if you're Keith Hernandez and you're saying I'm going to throw, you know, I'm going to throw low and in and make him move his feet a little bit. Okay. I'll buy that too. There are so many other ways that you could get around a direct way of saying, "Oh, you know what? You're doing well, and I can't get you out, so I'm going to hit you." I mean, that in itself is just so ludicrous. I under—I understand some of the other points. Okay, I do. Um, You know, it's a shame that um, you know Paul Bird described the situation where people, even fans, were ready to jump out. He was ready to jump out, and he's just a reporter now. And and get on the field and fight, you know that's that's kind of okay. We get it. Your emotions are high, but
1: temper take, it Yeah, a take bit. a chill pill. Okay. Right. Who was the last guy that you mentioned? The rookie, the oh, prospect, uh,
0: Mauricio Dubon, who just said you don't do that. Yep. Brewers, I think that sums it up. Brewers number eight <laughs> prospect, who is currently with Triple A Colorado Springs, just writes you don't do that.
1: I think that's really the best way to mm-hmm. sum it up. I mean, because you can extrapolate so much from that statement. I mean, don't be a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just play the game. Short and sweet. You don't do that. Yeah. I, I don't have any. I can't. I I can't. I I can't say anything else about it, or else I'll storm the field and.
0: <laughs> I think we now have to name this episode something like "I despise Keith Hernandez" or something like that.
1: But it just. I, 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 I've I got no other words for it.
0: It's, it's just really sad. Is it, what is. it is. You it know? really is. Keith Hernandez is a very divisive, strange character. Hmm. You know? Anyway. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just thought I would share that. I thought that was the big news because it's kind of a quiet time right mm-hmm. now in sports. So I thought I would just share that because I thought that that was a...
1: That is a blood burner.
0: Yeah. Anywho, moving on. Sure. Uh, let's turn it over to Sean for a new segment we call Sean Speaks. Oh, thanks. I just made that up. Okay. As you can tell. Great. Great. I basically marginalized you to nothing more than a producer engine. Uh. <laughs> and I'm going to be paying for that for the rest of my life. You sure will. <laughs> I can overblow your channel strip. As you push your glasses up. Oh, Indeed. <laughs> anyway, Sean sent me this, this article and I wanted him to speak about it. Sure. Because he's better at it than me.
1: Um, so, Go ahead. well, I don't know how good I am at it. Well, but, you're
0: better than me in everything, including arts and crafts.
1: Okay, um, so I wanted to touch upon a topic that we don't really talk about enough uh, within the within the field of sportsmanship. Um, most of the time, we talk about your you know your basic um, your basic run of the mill sports like baseball, basketball, your, football,
0: your your team sports, your team that, sports that involve. Uh, Much broadcasting and a lot athletic of Athletic competition.
1: Right. You know. Physical competition. And we've talked about the Olympics as right. well, mm-hmm. uh, which was a fantastic episode. That was months ago. But I wanted to touch upon a subject in sportsmanship that doesn't get uh, talked about enough. And that is the sportsmanship within online gaming and in the gaming community. So, I happened upon this article a friend of mine posted on Facebook uh, called Inside the Culture of Sexism at Riot Games. So, I guess a little bit of background before I get too much into the article is that with online gaming, there is inherent sexism and as a result, a lot of bullying and harassment that occurs between uh, uh, players whether it's in tournaments, in person, online, what have you, Um, there is just such a culture of it. So, and this has existed for a long time, for years, for decades, because usually in a sports environment, typical sports environment, you have teams segregated based on gender, Uh, boys' basketball, girls' basketball,
0: a way of making it fair so to speak right but yeah
1: right uh, as an example um, but in the gaming community since there is not physical activity involved on a macro mechanical scale meaning you're using your the large parts of your body right. to accomplish a certain goal and in respect with respect to a competition uh, the the genders are very much mixed in the gaming community. Now, that's not to say that it is equal, and it certainly is not. It's mostly male-dominated in in the gaming community because it has always been male-oriented. So this translates to uh, the, the tech industry as well, behind the games, the developers behind the games. So Riot Games... Uh, well, this is first of all. This is an article uh, published by uh, uh, Kotaku, uh, which is a game and tech uh, media outlet online, and the reporter Cecilia I Can't believe I pronounced that right on the first it try. It was very
0: subsequent of you.
1: Yes, thank you. Doesn't make any sense <laughs> no. whatsoever. But but um, but uh, she published this really fantastic and well written. Um, article about sexism at this tech company, also esports uh, tournament organizer, Riot Games. So, uh, Riot Games is the uh, the developer of the very successful League of Legends, which is a multiplayer online battle arena game, which has hundred over a hundred million. Uh, players. That's a lot. A lot of players worldwide.
0: So, and the and the Earth is flat, so they can see each other.
1: Very progressive. Yes, <laughs> uh, but the <laughs> but the, the the point is that a majority of those gamers, a majority of those involved, are vastly male. Right. Um, so, at this tech company, uh, you have a, you have sort of the same sentiment that it's majority, majority male workers at this tech company. So over the course of several months, Kotaku has spoken to 28 current and former Riot employees, many of whom came forward with stories um, about sexism and inequality in the workplace. Most spoke anonymous because they feared their future careers in the games industry uh, would be in jeopardy. Um, over League of Legends' passionate fan base would could retaliate against them for speaking out as a result. So um, Riot Games was founded in 2006, and as I said, it was a, one of the biggest companies in gaming based on its sole release, League League of Legends. And as I said, which had 100 million players in 2016. So this was a while back, so it could very well have many more right. as a result. So... Um, the article pretty much expands upon experiences of different anonymous employees at this at this company, this gaming developer company. Um, so, five months after Kotaku started reporting uh, this article, Riot Games apparently learned about it and added a diversity and inclusion. Page on its website that states we aggressively enforce a zero tolerance policy on discrimination, harassment, and general toxicity. It is incredibly important that our leaders embody this commitment and reinforce this expectation across their teams. it's well, like
0: lip service to me,
1: and that's exactly what it is. So it, you know, it's to cover their bases, so to say.
0: Right. I see what you did there,
1: but yet yeah, the air quotes, <laughs> but. Um, clearly, expressed from the various views of both men and women involved mm-hmm. in the company, that is not followed whatsoever um, within the within the depths of the uh, industry or their their company per se. Over the course of this story, we found that many reading the article, many former Riot employees were restricted from talking on the record because of non disparagement. Agreements they signed before leaving the company, presumably during their exit interview. Right. Some say they received severance after speaking to Riot's talent team, what the company calls its human resources team, about their experiences at the company. So...
0: Right there. So they're basically being... They, they say, if you want to leave this company with a severance pa- package, you have to sign this agreement. And you have and to, be, to And you have to keep your mouth shut. Right. Got it.
1: So there you go. Already, there's evidence right. uh, to the point. One woman saw an email thread about what it would be like to penetrate her. Lovely. In which a colleague added that she'd be a good target to sleep with and not call again. These are high-ranking employees within the company.
0: This is, this is fantastic. You right? Know?
1: So, right there you have f- leadership figures in this company, sending messages like that to to a large majority
0: of their their leadership. Teams. This is just oh my God. like here's so, the thing. Now, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you know there's that whole boys will be boys thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go let's go with the assumption that we're gonna just let that be at the very least. Why would you put it in writing? And why would you send it out? in your own company email to right. other to a large number of other people. Many of which were female. Your, like, how stupid? I mean, talk about psychological issues where you really have to, you know, exert your dominance in order to show who's boss, that you have the ability in your own company to write this and speak this way about other people just right. to make sure everyone knows that you're the head honcho. Right. Talk about ridiculous. Yep. See a therapist, people.
1: Right, and, you know, as an aside... And as I as said said to Jack earlier, this has everything to do with sportsmanship. One, because they're a game developer mm-hmm. and they lead these tournaments. They produce these tournaments, which in itself contain is a culture of sexism, right. harassment, and bullying in the online gaming community. And two, they're a developer. They're a team of people that work together to create these games. So to... To send emails like that, and of are rampant, of uh, and filled with, you know, harassment and sexism like that, is in itself a textbook example of poor sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes on to say, riots' fundamental values, including its ideal vision of the true rioter. And its culture of meritocracy, which is, uh, as an aside, which is a system where you award people for doing more work than they're hired to do to move up in the ranks, which in itself can be questionable questionable depending on how it's executed, right. have created a workplace that permits and even sometimes rewards sexist behavior. So if you read the first line on Riot's hiring page until late june it said of this year i believe loving what you do is mandatory and you won't fully appreciate a gamer's perspective unless you are one we're not looking for the feedback averse you need conviction passion and horsepower to excel at riot those are no longer there those lines wow now the page includes the line, Whatever you play, if you make time to play, you're a gamer. Which is better. Apparently softening Riot's cultural standards for gaming. So, according to four sources with knowledge of Riot's recruiting practices, this ideal Rioter image has led the company to turn down a dispro- disproportionate amount of woman- women for jobs.
0: Now let me throw something at you real quick. Yeah. Okay. Let's take out the issue of sexism that you just spoke of where you mm-hmm. turned down women. Right. Okay. And let's also eliminate the underlying issues that we've been discussing here. Mm-hmm. And let's look specifically. Germane to harassment. Right. And let's bullying. let's look specifically at those those lines that you just spoke that were taken down and replaced sure. on that page. Mm-hmm is there to play devil's advocate is there a way that those lines could be construed to basically say listen we as a company are looking for a specific type of person not to you know and and to basically say look we're not discriminating based upon man or woman black or white whatever we want a specific type of person to work at this company in order for us to achieve our goal because And I'm not trying to side with riot games at all Mm -hmm. here. The point I'm trying to make is that I understand, if that was the intent, why you would say something like that in order to attract a certain type of employee. Mm -hmm. That being said, when you say something like that, you set yourself up for a harder fall when someone takes a misstep. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean it's we, we live in this PC environment where you, you just you know to play it safe you just don't say stuff like that especially publicly you know in a forum online where it can be referenced you know right. maybe maybe you say that in an interview you know or something to just say look anecdotal is, right this is what we're looking for in a person you know mm-hmm. we want someone who with this type of conviction this type of raw emotion and blah 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 blah. okay fine i i get that you know but then you have to be on your toes and say listen if i'm going to go about it that way in no way shape or form can i discriminate Mm-hmm. Based upon gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, religion, blah, blah, blah blah blah, blah blah, I guess it really brings up a larger point then that because we live in a society where we we are so sensitive to that type of discrimination and whatnot, we really have to refocus the way that we go about our hiring practices because you just you know, even though that might have had a certain intention that's that's not necessarily bad, the you know the the benefits do not outweigh. The potential pitfalls yeah. in what you're gonna do. Right. You know? So you're I, I guess I guess my point is that I understand the possible intrinsic value of what they were going for, but talk about not thinking it through to its conclusion. Especially
1: since the context is I mean, it's a chicken and the egg thing. Right. Because you have the culture of sexism has existed in games for decades. Right. Be way before Riot Games was even formed. Right. Right? So you, when you say something like that, you either have to sort of follow up with, we in no way mean to discriminate right. against anyone, right. but you have to
0: follow through with it. Right. That's the thing. You can't just say it. You. You. This might sound good philosophically. But it's not going to work practically, right? And that's all it is. It's the same. You know what it is? It's very much equivalent to the uh, admission practices of a higher education institution. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that you might say? Look, we're we want the top two hundred applicants to be in our next freshman class. Mm-hmm. However, that does not allow for the the the, the possibility that if those top two hundred people are all white males, someone's going to say something. Right. And I'm not endorsing one or the other. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to call it like I see it as right. the umpire that I am. Right. Okay. So that people are going to look at that and go, hmm, they might've been, you know, is there someone who's actually going, to go, maybe those 200 white males really were the best ones available. You know, mm-hmm. no one in their right, even if that's yeah, 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 the right. truth, <laughs> you get, no you, one in their right yeah. mind is going to say that. Right?
1: It's like you try to, it's like you test, a fish's ability to climb a tree, right, right, or or to
0: which we're going to do after this podcast. I, I can't wait. I, guess.
1: I can't wait. Or like you know, an an elephant's ability to swim in the deep ocean, right? You, you, you know, you you just you can't do that. You have to look at, as you say, strike zone, right? The gray area here there's a huge gray area and things have to be looked at in context
0: you can't I say this all the time to so many different people in so many different contexts philosophically what you're saying makes complete sense and I buy it 100% but we don't live in that philosophical world we live in a practical world where we have to look at things through a certain lens Mm -hmm. and have to advance ourselves based upon reality yep rather than based upon what we think it should be right you know, we can't trust ourselves to always be these um, picture perfect, uh, without sin type of person. Mm-hmm. You know, just it's you know people we have are thoughts. People are human. <laughs> right. We have thoughts. We have opinions. Mm-hmm. You know, we have convictions. We have will. Right. I'm sorry. So please continue.
1: So the company, preferencing core gamers when it hires, just not develop, just not game developers, but all of its full time employees. From office managers to finance specialists, meaning preferencing a certain kind of person. So, uh, to surmise, you don't necessarily have to be a gamer, uh, but in that sort of mission statement, if you will, that I mentioned before, that's sort of what they're looking for. Even though you may not be good at games, but you could be good at finance, you could be good at just tech, you could be good at public relations. I mean, a company, a well-rounded company, should seek qualities from all those disciplines, not just gamers, even if it's a gaming developer. Game developer. Also, a side fact, a lot of game developers themselves are actually not very good very good gamers. Right. They're great at creating games. Right, right. They're great at the tech behind it, and that they're they're very savvy when it comes to that sort of thing.
0: It's the old if you can't play, you teach. You know. <laughs> I'll try to keep it calm here,
1: uh, but but the, but the point I'm trying to make is that to be well-rounded and to be worldly, you need to, you need people from all these different disciplines. Right, you can't just have gamers that you just said in your mission statement. You. You know, you can't fully appreciate a gamer's perspective unless you are one, which is sort of exclusive, kind of in a way. I mean, I get what they're saying, like you said, but. Right.
0: Philosophically, but, it makes right. sense. But you can't practically say that no, and follow through on you it. You
1: can't, no. because what about the people creating the game? Right. So, those sources said, uh, the independent sources that also contributed to this article said that talented women have fallen through Riot's hiring processes because they weren't considered core gamers, which one source described as an excuse. So again, you're you're sort of setting them up in a way because of the, the sexism, the core sexism in this industry. You're sort of setting them up for failure, not allowing them to... And you know what? A lot of them could be really great gamers, mm-hmm. but they don't want to hear it. They don't want to sit down and listen. And, you know... It's really a shame because a lot of great women in the industry, a lot of talented women who not only are great gamers but great artists, great developers, great with tech, don't get hired because this is such a it's a male dominated industry.
0: It's an and industry that's driven by the fact that you know men are supposed to be this alpha male type of exactly. strong man, overly competitive king of the hill type of person. Mm-hmm. And when they don't want when, when a certain male doesn't necessarily have that physical nature about him to mm-hmm. be that star athlete, that, that commanding presence, that, um, person who, who puts his stake in the ground and has a claim to some sort of status and stuff, they look for the, 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 the way that they can do that. And when they find that In something like tech, in gaming, and however, whatever spot under this umbrella that they find it, they spread themselves and say, "This is mine. You don't get to let tell me how to do my job. You don't get to put me down. You don't get to you -hmm. don't get to put a a crack in my armor." It's this is where I blossom as the alpha male, and how dare you! Try and tell me that I have to either work with people I don't want to work with right. or, or 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 place myself in an uncomfortable situation since my whole life has been uncomfortable prior to that. This is, this
1: is you know? the, the id speaking, yes. if you will. Um, so, preferencing, preferencing Riot's definition of core gamers uh, during hiring means drawing in employees from a larger pool of men than women. So, this goes back to my chicken and the egg thing. Since... The world of gaming is primarily populated by, by men during this time. Right. This is what's going to happen. Um, Avid players of MOBAs, multiple pl- multiplayer online battle arenas, a, general, a genre encompassing popular games including League of Legends and Dota 2. A first-person shooter and first-person shooter fans are typically men. Game data company Qu- uh, Quantic Foundry surveyed over 270,000 gamers worldwide between July 2015 and J- January 2017 on what game titles they enjoy playing and reported that only 10% of gamers who play MOBAs are female. For first-person shooters, that number is 7%. Wow. Without examining why these game- gaming genres are heavily males... heavily male, Riot's apparent job candidate expectations can create a very stratified workplace where women who are less likely to be mega fans of these games are considered lesser Rioters because of the way they grew up. Several women interviewed by Kotaku said that even after getting hired, they felt they were not taken seriously by colleagues or managers because they weren't steeped in the competitive online gaming tradition. League of Legends player base, which is which in 2012 was over 90% male, 90% male, has earned a reputation for rampant sexist language that Riot has pro- uh, proactively addressed over the last few years. Anecdotal evidence suggests that women who play League of Legends have been regular targets of harassment, and data from Riot indicates that new players encountering toxic behavior are three hundred and twenty percent less likely to return to the game. Three hundred and twenty percent less likely.
0: That's slightly so high.
1: It's very high. So again, because of the culture inherent in this gaming community, even before Riot was created. Right. That permeates in the in the in the company itself, right? Because mostly they hire men.
0: This is this is just turning into a cesspool. Right. of Problem.
1: Right. You so you you have somewhat of a farm system here right. of men that are gamers that have get that get hired, and you sort of leave the women behind. And the women that do get hired to satisfy this requirement.
0: They're stuck at rookie ball. Right. You know?
1: And they're they're not being able to be promoted. Right. Even though they have great ideas, they're just it's just not happening because of all this sexism. Mm-hmm. So one former Riot employee who presented who was presented as a woman, for example, has always played role playing games and said as much during their twenty fourteen phone interview for a position at Riot, not all, not at all adjacent to game develop games development. The interviewer then asked if they played real games like Call of Duty, they were called. He kept going, kept rephrasing the question, no matter how many times I listed all the things that Quoted by this, this woman who is anonymous. Right. No matter how many things I listed, that all the things that I played, they said, in the end, he asked, if someone just met you, how would they know you're a gamer? I said, well, I'm looking at my TV now, right now that has 16 game consoles plugged into it. So she had to validate the fact that, you know, I'm looking at my TV right now. Right. I play all of these games. You're saying. Paraphrasing here, you're saying that just because I'm a woman, I don't look like a gamer, and that
0: because I don't play Call of Duty, right? Which is a, which is apparently only a man's game, right? Yeah, exactly. So 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 you could you could be a, a completely versed in Super Mario Brothers and The Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that you're qualified nope, to work not, at this company. Right? You're
1: not a gamer.
0: Well, excuse me, princess. And I take and I yeah. take. I see what you see. What I did there.
1: there. I take offense to that. I don't play Call of Duty. Me neither. I don't play League of Legends. Me neither. I play role playing games. I play Final Fantasy. I play Tales games. I play, and I play Super Mario. Mm-hmm. I play Legends of Zelda. I play these other games. I consider myself a gamer.
0: Maybe not by Riot's standards. No, no.
1: But does that make me any less of a am person? I,
0: am I less of a person because all I have been playing lately <coughs> is Super Smash Brothers?
1: No. And But according to Riot Games, yes, because you don't fit their mold, their cookie-cutter mold of what a gamer is. And going back to their inclusion, because they have to put it up on their website, uh, phrase or or anecdote or whatever they had to put up there to satisfy some requirement, they certainly don't follow it by, by evidence of this article. So let me go on here. Sure. Here at Riot Games, we hire gamers. Um, the, one of the hire, um, hiring managers had said in his talk to an audience of Roy, uh, riot employees. I think this was the actually the, one of the executives of Riot Games, and I'm looking for him now. Senior producer
0: He clearly doesn't want to be identified.
1: I guess not. Even though maybe he stepped down at one point, I do have it in. It. This article is 29 pages that's long. long. That's a long so, article. and it, I did a lot of reading. And, and this you, is a you bit don't page. read. This is hard for me. Okay? <laughs> and I even highlighted. Can you believe and it? And you don't know. You don't even. You can't even see color. I can't. So, all right. So, here at Riot Games, we hire gamers. Uh, this employee said at an uh, audience of Riot employees. Audio of which was obtained by Kotaku. So this was recorded. If you're not a core gamer, you need to over-index in another area, whether it's finance, development, facilities, player support. He said, "I don't give a blank. You're better if you're a gamer." So immaturity wow. at its yeah. finest level, yeah. right?
0: That's the that's the. If you're not, you know, if you don't fit our mold. You can't, you know, you can't play here.
1: Right. So. I mean, that's essentially the 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 that section of that article. So it goes on to say um, diversity and inclusion initiatives at riot um are led by a woman named Soha El Sawabi, who is probably the only named woman
0: in this article. It wouldn't surprise me.
1: Um, when I asked why Riot hired her, she said, the world around us is changing with a lot of women feeling less faith in the video game industry overall understandably and uh, the more we the more we the more we were like we need an outlet for minorities and a representative of minorities to make sure every decision, decision worth making is doing right by everyone so i mean okay riot made the right decision in hiring her but did they do that because they felt like they because they wanted to or because they needed to right right so again you you sort of have this philosophical discussion if a company has to hire someone to do this because they're being made to you're not really doing it for the right reason right you know, you should be doing this because you want to include everyone in this decision making process, in this this development company that's supposed to be a team. Back to sportsmanship. Right. You are a team. Right. You should operate together.
0: There are only a handful of situations where you can't fulfill that mission. If you're a company that has the, the, the budget to only have three employees, and those three employees are the three people that founded the company and they're all mm-hmm. men. Okay, guess what? You can't have a female involved. <laughs> right. This is not that case. No, okay. No. You know, this is this just And these are females who want to be involved. It's right. not like it's not like every female in the world wants nothing to do with this, and they're mm-hmm. being forced to say, we gotta we gotta have at least one on our team. Right. No, 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 no. There are females who want to be employed by this company, have something to offer this company, and right. are deserving of the necessary recognition and compensation for being a part of this company. Right. And they're saying, no, you can't be part of our club because we don't think that you're really a game."
1: Right, we don't think you are. Right. So we're not going to give you a chance.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: so, El-Sawabi says that Riot Leadership is also trying to pivot on what they mean when they say core gamer. She says she wants to make sure there's no PC master, master race BS happening here. All right. Referencing the tribalistic term that many hardcore PC gamers have used in order to establish elitism, which is a bad sportsmanship in itself, uh. over other types of video game fans. In the 2016 internal talk by a riot producer, that producer made loud proclamations about the PC master race to enthusiastic applause.
0: Uh, and this is applause. and just for, for clarification, the PC master race is th- is talking about the personal computer master, yes. race, not politically correct, <laughs> right? Okay, right.
1: Oh, yes. I'm sorry. That's yes. okay. Politically correct. Uh, PC as in
0: personal computer. Personal computer. As in the opposite of right. Mac. Right. So And the cousin of Linux.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that in itself, I can go on a whole diatribe, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to, but that in itself is just so stupid. I mean, if someone likes to play games, let them play games. It doesn't
0: matter what the platform is. Whether it's a is. Game
1: Boy, whether it's handheld, whether it's mobile, whether it's PC, whether it's console, come on. Well, it's a board game
0: for crying out I mean, loud, you know?
1: You have someone who's enjoying you know, sitting down and playing something that, because of a story or because of the graphics or because they're just having a good time. Right. Who cares whether it's on the PC or whether it's on a console? Who cares? It This just feeds into the whole elitism.
0: Right aspect of, of this.: You could make culture.: You could make an argument. Go with me on this. Mm-hmm. Let's say your company only develops pc games okay all you do is is games for the personal computer and that is it Mm -hmm. okay and someone wants to work at your company regardless of gender or anything and all they have knowledge on is console games okay Depending upon how that interview goes, depending upon what that person might be able to offer, things like you know, and, and and all the intricacies there thereof, perhaps you could make the argument that that person might not be qualified because you need someone solely versed or well versed in PC games, and this person clearly only has the background of console games, and it's just not going to fit what your need is as a company. Right. That does not mean that we're not hiring you because we think less of you because you're just a, you know, you only do PC gaming or you only do console gaming and not PC gaming, et cetera. There's a, there's a complete difference there. It's, it, you're, you're, you're talking about what the company needs versus what you think is right. You know and
1: I mean the line between PC and console is becoming more and more blurred by the day. Exactly. because
0: If this if, you, you can easily port a
1: PC game onto a console. I mean a console is a computer.
0: If this was you know? so, 20 years ago, we have a different story. Right. But in the present day, this stuff is all so intermixed that it's it's you know it's becoming very gray. You know, right. these 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 companies are releasing games for I mean for crying out loud. You know it wasn't that long ago that a company, you know, that was releasing console games, came out with a version for Xbox, PlayStation, and mm-hmm. Nintendo because they knew this was going to be the future is that we have to be able to put out a game right. that can be played on all these different consoles, yes. all these different platforms mm-hmm. and whatnot. We can't just unless they're you know, unless you are making a, a, a Mario game and it's going to solely be for Nintendo an right, exclusive. OK, you you have to have that ability to be diverse on the platform because right. that's the only way you're going to make a mark and, and, and make a profit. Right. The only way.
1: Yeah. Yep, exactly. So. For everyone's betterment, it's best to just expand, right? And just again, inclusion. Even just
0: for for economic purposes, we, right. if you want to increase your bottom line, you want to increase your profit. Like take take the sexism out of it for a second. Just you know, you just want to make a profit. And you want to make mm-hmm. you know have good business. That's 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 the you key. To,
1: yeah. Okay. You have to expand. So, Riot's leadership is dominated by men. At the top of the company are co-founders Brandon Beck and Mark Merrill, both of whom in late 2017 stepped down from heading leadership to be more hands-on with games, alongside C-suite executives, including CEO Niccolo Laurent. Below them is a 23-person senior leadership team that consists of 21 men, according to a Riot representative. Then there are other leads of discipline, products, etc. So that in itself... In the top leadership positions is 92%, about 92%, men. It's a big number. Right? So that in itself is, as um, what many people deem interviewed for this article, is a cultural problem. Mm -hmm. Okay? So... right, so it's just an example. Um, In May 2016, another story, an internal email chain obtained by Kotaku circulated about how to run meetings that are fair to women, introverts, and remote workers in a climate that rewards extroversion. So now we're talking more about attitude pertaining to to employees. So we're sort of changing the subject. I should have prefaced with
0: that. That's okay. Um, I'm bad with segues. Hey, there's just the fact that you could read. Yeah.
1: I'll take that. It's amazing. You know? So two two people employed by Riot at the time described Mark Merrill's response to the issue of aggression in meetings as alarmingly out of touch. Um, So this also has to do with sexism. A label does not excuse people to behave in an ineffective manner, Merrill said in a reply to the email chain. All people need to be aware of their own strengths and weaknesses and learn to overcome the latter. While managers should help everyone participate in meetings, individuals who struggle to fit into Riot's meeting culture shouldn't be
0: surprised. So wait a second. Just, just hold on a second. Everything that you have just described here is it comes down to the fact that this company just doesn't know how to talk to people. I mean, take the subject matter out of it. Right. Okay? Running a meeting at any business regardless of the topic is about learning how to talk to people in a group environment mm-hmm. okay it's the same idea of if you go to a dinner party you have mm-hmm. to know how to talk to people in a group environment if you go if you go to a restaurant and you're hanging out with friends if you if you go to a ball game if you, it doesn't matter where you are what, whether you're at work or where you're, you just you just have to know you know the proper etiquette of how to politely talk to people. Right. So this has this is ridiculous. Yeah. is what this is.
1: This is boiling down to basic human function. Wow. So I mean, it, he continued on to say that many introverts at Riot and introverts, by definition, are someone who. People who remain quiet, who keep to themselves, which and let's face but it, they could be geniuses, right?
0: They could be hard workers. There could be a correlation between introverts and and the geniuses that that make these games, right? Okay, so I mean, I mean, but introverts are,
1: I mean, for for by and by and large, not to you know, I guess put everyone in the same same boat, but they're the ones who are usually shyer and or shyer. More shy. More shy. Who tend to stay in one place and work on these games by themselves, but have great ideas.
0: Absolutely.
1: Right? So, and so he continued on to say that while many introverts at Riot have overcome the tendency to clam up in meetings and not provide feedback, he added the thing to guard against is when someone has the expectation that the world will be bent to accommodate their unique situation to an unreasonable degree. What is that? What is? What are you saying? Like, you. This is a team environment. You should be listening to what your, I guess, quieter people need to say. Right. And if, and if it's a psychological thing that they're going through, because you don't know what these people are going through in life, you can't. You can't just assume everyone's going to be outspoken, and you can't just assume that just because someone is. Is quiet that they're a jerk or something? You, there's always a story. Everyone has a story. You can't just assume that everyone's going to fit this cookie right. cutter mold. Right. And to expect these things of people, just because they don't say as much as a meaning at a meeting, or someone else is speaking over them, that they don't
0: have good ideas is shortsighted. Well, not only that, but to to then group that with the idea of requiring special requirements or special needs to these people in order to you know to to get them to up to a certain level or whatever the case you know, I don't you know I don't think I'm describing it properly but you know there are people out there who actually require special accommodations for real reasonable purposes okay person you know can't walk they need a wheelchair okay Th- these are these are this is reasonable, okay? Yeah. That's how they function. To to equate something like that to oh, uh, we can't be giving these special you know uh requirements, these these special accommodations to people just because they're introverts. Mm-hmm. That's talk about I mean, you can't to classify that as a as a as a special accommodation. Now you're really just slicing the bologna a little too thin here, okay?
1: Right. Now you
0: now you're really like flat out judging someone.
1: And you're also unfortunately putting wo- women in that boat. Oh jeez. Because they are seen as introverts and of course a lot of women are, but also a lot of men are too. So you're putting them in this boat where a woman could have a great idea, right? Mm-hmm. And when presented with that idea, and this is a true, this is actually a true story. This woman, uh, who didn't use her real name, used the name Lacey instead. It's a nice con- name. Conducted very nice name. Yeah. Conducted an experiment.
0: Oh, I heard. I read this. This is good.
1: After an idea she really believed in fell flat during a meeting, she asked a male colleague to rep- to present the same idea to the same group of people days later he was skeptical but she insisted that he give it a shot lo and behold the week after that he went in presented exactly as I did and the whole room was like oh my gosh this is amazing his face turned beet red and he had tears in his eyes said Lacey they just didn't respect women and this is goes with the whole double standard yep and this is straight up discriminatory um it's it, it, it runs so deep in this in this organization. Um, just looking for other examples. I mean one of Riot's many mottos is default to trust. In other words, assume that your colleagues always have good intentions. To this woman, that mantra was used as a shield whenever she tried to address sexist habits in the workplace so the same woman who also was sexually harassed and other women like her were given the cold shoulder and just brushed under the rug by senior level senior level employees saying well you should trust people why don't you trust don't you trust that guy you don't trust him. Maybe you don't belong here. That sort of mentality. It's this psychological, yeah. you know, circular maze of it's logic. A, it's,
0: it's, they're playing. they they're playing a game. They're right. treating life as a game.
1: Right. So it really is. I mean, there's so many. There's so many um examples that I highlighted. But we're we are. I mean, I can't. I could go on for, forever about this, but I'll, I'll finish up I'll finish up here. So okay. one cu- current writer described that superstructure in terms uh, her colleagues know well, called tech debt, tech debt. If you're building your technology on not great foundations, you spend a lot of time catching up or trying to fix things. Um, this woman, this uh, anonymous woman had said. Riot is just one company, but two dozen current and former employees have personally experienced or witnessed how its culture and structures one shares, one shared across the ranks of gaming, infosec, hardware, software and digital marketplace companies and tech giants, disadvantaged women. The rioter continued, I think that Riot has grown very fast and not having a planned out organizational structure that encourages diversity has hurt us. We are trying to fix that now. It's just hard to fix things that are that when they've already started. It's easier to start things the right way and build on that. So, Riot really doesn't have a leg to stand on because they started in 2006, where sexism and discrimination were already kind of really sort of brought to the spotlight already right
0: it's not like this was something new that occurred 50 years after they had been founded
1: right so this is not something that's like they have to evolve right they have to evolve when they had the chance to already start a certain way Mm -hmm. because of there was already so much material given to them to use as a base so they really don't have an excuse now the best thing to do and this is my personal opinion is to go forward with the knowledge that they have make it right. You know, listen to your female employees, listen to the ideas that they have for this for this for this company to better it, not only within the workplace environment but within the whole culture of gaming. Riot Games right now is in a unique position having over 100 million subscribers to League of Legends. They are in a unique position to set a precedent, Mm -hmm. to make it right, to say, listen, we want everyone involved on our team that can bring something to the table. We will listen to you. No, you don't have to be the gamer that that is specific to League of Legends. You can play anything, if you've played games, and even if you've not, if you have talent in the tech industry, if you have any kind of talent, creative talent, we'll take you. We want your drive and enthusiasm. That's what we base our merit on. If you have something to contribute to the company in a teamwork environment, we'll take you.
0: Assuming there are jobs open. Assuming there right, are jobs exactly. open. Yeah.
1: But that's my point. I agree. It doesn't matter what background you come from. if you've got something to bring to the table, bring it.
0: We're here. The best way I'll, I'll sum that up is to give you these statistics that I think you might have sent me some time ago mm-hmm. and although it doesn't speak directly to the sexism, it's, it is a it's a microcosm of basically everything that happens under this umbrella. of online gamers have been bullied in an online game. 22% of online gamers have quit an online game because of bullying. 57% of online gamers have been subjected to hate speech in an online game. 47% of online gamers have received threats from somebody in an online game. This all comes from a study done by... I just want to make sure I get my reference correct. We're waiting on a PDF to load. Study done by Habo and In Game Abuse. Ditch the label. Um, yeah, these are all these are all the the companies and and the and whatnot that have worked on this report that gave the us study. This, this, this. Yeah, this mm-hmm. gave us this these statistics.
1: Those, I mean. That that kind of that kind of abuse is staggering. I mean, those numbers right. are staggering. I mean,
0: half half of <laughs> half of gamers basically have been subject to this. So, which means the other half are either doing nothing about it or, or are the ones are the, problem. the problems. And we're very very lucky.
1: I mean, this is insane. So, I almost feel like we should. I mean, we've spent a lot of time talking about this, but I think. This is something that really needs to be brought to the forefront. I think we definitely need to talk about this again, um, because this is really important. Because this affects a whole another, a, a whole other demographic of 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 competitive in, um, I guess, participants, not just athletes that's all, as it, we know it
0: all them. falls under the same heading right. you know it's, and, and that that's something that we we preach at osip is that good sportsmanship does not just apply to what we perceive as the main sports right where athletic competition and physical dexterity are required hand right. in hand okay right. this applies to online gaming uh board games poker mm-hmm. uh pool um video games uh, customizable card games. Okay, uh, anything and everything under the sun: right. washers, um, horseshoes, weights, mm-hmm. darts. Okay, uh, they're they're all the same. Right. So.
1: So just and then just a quick shout out again to Cecilia Danastasio, uh, senior reporter for Kotaku, uh, who put this together. This is uh, really an informative article. Really well written. I
0: did read the whole thing. Amazing. Um, Good for you, buddy.
1: I'm I'm really just a great piece of literature here. And uh, I encourage everyone to read it. I mean, it's a, it's a lengthy read, but it's certainly worth the read. And uh, pretty eye-opening.
0: Very much so. Um,
1: so just stay educated. Yes. That's really the most important thing
0: we about never, this. We never stop learning.
1: Right. Well,
0: that was fun. Oh, lots of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, We'll, uh, we'll wrap here. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, reach out to us. Podcast at OSEPfoundation.org is the email address. Facebook.com slash OSEP Foundation. Twitter at OSEP Hashtag how you play the game. Uh, of course, you can go to the website, OSEPfoundation.org, to send us your sportsmanship stories so that we can talk about it. Might even be able to join us on the show. And uh, keep the conversation going, because that's the only way that we continue to improve. Right. Uh, Sean, thank you. Thank you. And uh, until next time, in about two weeks or so, everybody treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSEP Foundation Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osepfoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org.